You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Do you hear that health in his voice, Maze? That's impressive. I thought we might have lost Tom's voice forever. Antibodies, then bodied up all that Ooh, COVID yeah. and said, get up on out of here. This man needs his voice to earn a living. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. It is back. I'm excited. I think we needed that demonstration, but... Oh. <laughs> Did you ever take a class in high school or college where you had to do those like voice warm-ups? I took acting in college. That's basically what I'm bragging about. Did you? Yeah. You took acting in college? Yeah. Yeah. Second semester senior year. The only time to take acting in college. Real, real engaged time in Tom's life. Yeah. When he's really focused and trying to figure out who he is, not when he's trying to just fill out some requirements. Now, at this point, have you shed the baby fat or not? What are you talking about? I mean, at this point in your life. The freshman 15, are you talking about? What? When you say I was in college, I always have one picture in my mind. <laughs> Haverbro, right? Yeah, yeah. Mop of hair, little on the fleshy side. Fleshy. That was the state where I like, had you already started to like kind of shred those pounds and get the hair closer cropped and all that. I was in my Jonah Hill stage of my acting career there. That doesn't give me any sort of clarity, given that Jonah Hill does this. He ping pongs around. Yeah. Basically, I needed to learn how to spot people who are acting out in public, you know? Like, I needed to to learn from the best. And so I had to figure out, as part of my studies, you need to be a well-rounded human being in college. And part of it is to spot people who are good actors and bad actors and crisis actors out there. Very nice. Very nice indeed. So give me an example. Come on. Let's workshop this. Well, it's just like a lot of yes and improv. Oh, I mean, hate oh, that. No, no, no. We like no but. No, no, no. I like no but improv. No but improv. It's still improv. It's not. It is. It doesn't work. It does work. No. So it's just non sequiturs? It does work. Who's yes anding now? You, I, you are. Who's yes ending now? That's all it took was a little reverse psychology. No, you said, no, I'm I'm rejecting your premise. You said yes, and it works. I said it works. It does, is what I said. Mm-hmm. Which is basically, no, but it does. No, it's not. And you said, no, but it doesn't well, work. you didn't say that. If you had said no, but, then you would have said it. But I didn't say yes and either. You agreed. I disagreed. You agreed. I disagreed with what he said. Pick a win. Just commit. My assignment. Uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other U.S. sport. You've heard of the Illuminati. The truth is out there, but so are lies. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. The NBA has always been controlled by about eight people. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f*** is going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA Illuminati. 
I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's all it took. Oh, we got books, we got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball Illuminati. <laughs> Welcome to Basketball Illuminati. I am back. My voice is back. I will not be silenced. All the Illuminati people out there hoping that I would return triumphantly, full capacity. My energy bar is full. We're ready to go. My five-star Illuminati generals are with me, Amin Al-Hassan and producer Anthony Mays. We got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about bubble stats and bubble gangster. Mm. Charles Barkley had a theory on freedom, our Lebetard 24-hour program, that the bubble doesn't count. He's not counting it. We're going to go into the numbers because we are coming up on the anniversary of some of the biggest scoring performances. We're going to go deep into that on a segment like we like to call I Was Blind. The other segment we're going to do today is on Bronny James. Again? I'm going to do some more research. Not just one piece of research. Tom did some more research. We're going to do that on this program, fellas. Do I have to change the drop for that? I think so. It's a completely new segment, Nice. What are you guys trying to do to me in this offseason? This is brutal. Look, man, we got to keep you sharp. We don't want the season to start and you get hurt. Trying to, like, keep up with everything that's going on. So, like, in order to do that, we keep the engine humming. If you're not improving, you're dying. Means. We're going to get to that. Bronny James, bubble stats, but first. You are listening to The Agenda with Tom Haberstroh and Amin El Hassan. On The Agenda today, NBA Twitter is lit right now with Amin's favorite holiday. It's the NBA schedule drop. Amin has for years circled this date on his calendar because he is so excited Mm -hmm. to learn which days all of these teams are going to play each other. I mean, can you hold your excitement here? Can you contain it? I'm trying, Tom. I'm very delirious with delight and joy over the fact that shit that's not going to happen for months, we now know what exactly is going to happen. Oh my God. How can one be calm at a time like this when I find out that on Martin Luther King Day, the Suns are going to visit the Grizzlies. Oh my God. Now my whole life has changed that I have this information in my grasp. Guys, this is the dumbest week of the year. (laughs) The dumbest. Because people, unless you're planning travel, you're planning travel. All right, I get it. So guys like my guy, Jason Jackson, you know, he's trying to figure out, like, when he's going to be home and stuff like that for family events or whatever. Yeah, the Miami Heat broadcaster, yeah. Right, Miami Heat uh, radio play-by-play man Jason Jackson. People like my friend Kelsey Wright, who's a digital reporter for the Grizzlies. Are you just name-dropping now? Is that what you're doing? I'm name-dropping people. The schedule drop matters to them because they're trying to figure this stuff out. People like Marcus Thompson, beat writer who covers the Warriors for the Athletic, he needs to know, like, oh, I got to book hotels and travel and all this stuff. 
fans slash people who don't travel covering their team, get the hell out of here. Get out of my face. Like, if you're a national person, I don't need your your little digest on what you think of the schedule. doesn't matter. None of it matters. When the Suns play the Grizzlies on Martin Luther King Day, then it'll matter. Then I'll be tuned in. But I'll know it on that day or the day before. I don't need to know it months in advance. Well, because this is about the schedule, and every year in the schedule doesn't change. In football, you don't know who you're playing every year. Yes. You know your division and who you're playing. Right. There's more hoopla, no pun intended, around the NFL schedule drop because it's an actual reveal. But even then, I believe the NFL now announces what teams you're going to play. You just don't know the schedule. But the difference is the NFL, by a function of it being a weekend sport, pretty much for the most part, it matters, right? It matters to know when the Niners are playing the Seahawks because if I want to fly from the Bay Area to Seattle to go catch that game, that happens a lot more. The culture of travel around the game is a lot stronger in football because it's a weekend. Like, oh, I fly up on a Saturday night, go to the game on Sunday. That matters, right? It doesn't matter in the NBA. No one's doing this shit on a regular basis. Not enough people are doing it in order to be like, oh, shit, I better get the hotels before they fill up. Get out of here, man. The analogy I like to use is the NBA schedule release day is like opening up a 52 card deck playing cards. Yeah. <laughs> and flipping over a card and be like, oh my God! Oh, the, the King of Diamonds! It's the King, King of, of Diamonds. Diamonds! Yeah. All right, let's see what happens next. Uh, uh, the Eight of Clubs! Uh, eight of Clubs! Oh my God! A King of Diamonds and an Eight of Clubs? Yes, yes. You want to wait for the third one? What's the third one? Oh my God, hold on. I can't keep myself together. The Jack of Hearts! The Jack of Hearts! Oh my God! So we got a King of Diamonds, an Eight of Clubs, and a Jack of Hearts? It's amazing. The Opposite is the NFL is like a pack of baseball cards. You don't know what's in that pack, right? So you open it and there is kind of like a, all right, we get to find out which cards did I get? And the NBA is just opening up a 52 card set. You know it. You know it. There's only so many times you can shuffle the same 52 cards around. Football, yes. There's strength of schedule. Some teams actually have tougher schedules than other teams. In the NBA, it is not the case. I guess basically your division, maybe if your division is tougher, but you know that going in. That's not brand new. The schedule reveal doesn't alter the number of times you play certain opponents. Exactly. It's just rolling it out. West Conference teams play Eastern Conference teams a certain fixed number of games every year. Nothing changes year to year. So what we do have, Maze, is the Christmas Day games got leaked. That's the only thing that really matters. I think, because it shows you who has clout, has value to the league, who they want to put out on display for everyone on what many people consider when the season really gets going, when it really starts. Before we get to the Christmas Day games, I have to ask you guys, Mm -hmm. why are we leaking schedule info? Corny. Why are we not just releasing... The schedule? Horny. It's a slow trickle. You know what it is? It's me doing all types of abdominal exercises and then pointing to this joint right here on my leg. Yes, core knee. That's what it is. Long walk right there. Wow, it was a long walk. For a lovely, a lovely drink of water there. Hold on, let me me take a swig very triumphantly. Bathe in the... 
Libations of your success with that joke. This shit is corny, man. Just fucking put it out there already. Why are we doing this? Why are we being cute? Like, ooh, leak. Ooh, newsbreaker. Oh, I had it first. This might be the most meaningless news to break. Out of all the breaking news that newsbreakers break, this might be the lamest. Because your grand theory is that newsbreakers need to be in the business of getting information out that we wouldn't already get by a press release. Right. That's the general thing. But you don't even need a press release because guess what? On Christmas Day, I'm going to figure out who's playing. And it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means something in terms of, like you guys said, who in the league's eyes deserve to be on this marquee that's going to make us the most money, get us the most attention, the most eyeballs. Okay. It means something like that. But it doesn't mean anything in the sense of knowing about it. Knowing about it now is no more valuable than if I knew about it on November 1st. It really isn't. Unless I was planning on traveling for any of this. All right, but let's break this down because it's Grizzlies at Warriors, which is fun because the Draymond, John Morant beef. Prophecy has been fulfilled. And guess where it is? Golden State. Oh. That's right. The champs don't travel on Christmas. They get their home billing for Christmas Day game. We also have LeBron James traveling to Dallas. Hey, if you guys don't make the playoffs and you don't make the rounds then, you know what? Mm -hmm. You're traveling to Dallas. Come on with it. Got demoted. Come on with it. And Luca gets to host, right? Mm. He hosts Christmas dinner at his house, and then he hosts LeBron James. It's the future versus the past. Ooh, I've dissed them both by saying Luca's not here yet and LeBron's long gone. Wow. All right, what else do we got, guys? We got Giannis versus the Celtics. This has turned into mm. like a little bit of a rivalry, kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Milwaukee, Giannis is going to Boston. Hey, everyone forgets two years ago, who's the champion? Old news. Boston Celtics are the East champs now. Yep. New kid on the block. Step by step. Step by step. All right. So I've been listening to 60 Songs Explain the 90s, Rob Ravella's show. It's so good. His opening salvo about Britney Spears' baby one more time was a look at the predecessors to Britney Spears, the teeny boppers that set the stage for baby one more time. And so he spent some time talking about new kids on the block. Do you guys know step by step the actual steps? Step one, we can have lots of fun. Step two, I want to do it with you. Some shit like that, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Step one, we can have lots of fun. Step two, <laughs> there's so much we can do. How is that a step? How is that a step? It's just like the NBA schedule release. You're reviewing all your options. <laughs> step three, it's just you and me. Step four, I can give you more. Step five, don't you know that the time has arrived? Ha. Those are the five steps of step-by-step. Step. So step one is to declare the statement. We're going to have lots of fun. Step two is kind of like a corollary to step one. It's an open book. There's so much we can do. Within the universe of having fun, there's actually a lot of things we could do. Step three. It's just you and me. Establishes the membership, right? It's just you and me. There's nobody else here. Step four. I can give you more, which really is just step two. No, step four puts the onus on the protagonist here, the narrator. It's like my responsibility. I'm going to give you so much more, right? This is on me, right? And then step five. Guess what? It's now. <laughs> As I was talking, I was actually filibustering to this moment right here. What are we talking about, by the way? How did we get on this? It's a precursor 
to Britney Spears, baby, one more time. It's also a precursor to the Dennis system. Ah. Back to the NBA schedule release. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So Sixers at Knicks, step four. Why are the Knicks on Christmas? <laughs> yeah, they got to take the Amtrak up to MSG. There you go. I'm going to tell you why the Knicks are on Christmas. Because the Knicks do numbers, baby. Another week of work. Cash another chair. Headed to the track. Gonna place a little bed. Run for the money, run for the man. Feeling pretty lucky with a ticket in my hand. Right, if you're in Atlanta or, or Clippers, we want to shut up. Because you don't do numbers. They do numbers. They do numbers. And if people want this to be a meritocracy, come on, the NBA is a business. They're a business. That's a merit. Their merit is they do numbers. The Knicks sell. They do numbers. Bing bong. Remember that? Oh, bing bong. Remember when the Knicks were like kind of good last year? It was fun for like three days. Bing bong. What a time. Fresh out the garden, baby. We're taking it all the way. We had DePazio. We had Cuomo. It was rough shit. But we have the Knicks. Run New York. Knicks run New York City. (laughs) Bing bong. Tell me a little something, KD. Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks. Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks. Let's go, Knicks. So the last one is Suns at Nuggets, Jokic, Jamal Murray maybe, Michael Porter Jr. Hopefully they'll be healthy enough for that. DeAndre Ayton will still be in uniform for the Suns, I guess, unless he holds out in a weird way. He won't. So there's five. Five games. Grizzlies, Warriors, Lakers, Mavs, Celtics, Bucks, Knicks, Sixers, Nuggets, and Suns. Which means, I mean, Miami Heat, see ya. Sorry. Clippers, maybe next year. Atlanta. Oh, you got a new shiny toy? your toy. How about that? Mm. Go play in, in the dark. Mm. Two F-bombs from Amin already. It's deep in the offseason. Three, actually. Ooh, three. Thanks for reminding me. Step by step. Off. Oh, Tom. Yeah, four. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's so many we can do. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Maze, the one that we're not hitting here is the Brooklyn Nets. And my question to you, Maze, is people out there are saying, oh, that means that the NBA doesn't want to fuel the fire or reward Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. So they're not going to put them on the Christmas Day game slate. But I posit to you. What if KD isn't on the Nets next year and on the list, the NBA knows where he's going to go and it's on this list already? Oh, yeah. It seems to me like a strong hedge by the NBA to not end up with a a team with no superstars, even worse than the Knicks, who at least would put up numbers, as Amin pointed out, because you would think Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Ben Simmons. Remember him? Joe Harris, the Nets. Oh, TJ Warren. Christmas. So much excitement, but no. It's a nice list of excluded teams right there. We'll see how it shakes out on Christmas Day. But again, 
it's not about whether the team is good or not. Do you do numbers? The Knicks are there because they do numbers. No one thinks the Knicks are going to be good, right? The Warriors bring in eyeballs. Suns Nuggets is just they needed something on the West Coast that was late. That's what that is, right? Filler. LeBron brings in eyeballs, right? Because the Lakers, no one expects the Lakers to be good. We expect them to be better than last year, but we don't expect them to be good. So really what Christmas is all about is drawing in that casual fan and making sure that they have recognized, oh, I know Steph Curry. I know LeBron. I know the Knicks. That's all it's about. It's not about anything other than that. I posit another theory. The NBA is saying, screw your load management. Screw Ben Simmons and Kawhi Leonard, these guys who are sitting the entire calendar, sitting the entire season, and creating all this distraction and news and headlines. Are you going to play? Are you not? When are you going to play? And they said to the bench, you're not going to get that Christmas Day game. You're not going to get promoted at the top platform of the NBA season. You want to be in the Christmas Day game list? How about you play some basketball? That's what they were saying. Now, would you put the Pelicans in that list, in that bucket as well? Because of Zion? 100%. You don't see the Pelicans? You don't think Zion on Christmas Day would do numbers, me? I think he would. Hold on. I think prior to last season, yes. Now I wonder if Zion is, as far as the national consciousness, as far as the casual fan, do they still know who he is or still remember him? I think so. I think because the young audience still follows him like crazy. The old hats, I don't think they really care for Zion Williamson, get off my lawn type stuff. The thing I just said, hey, if you want to get the top billing in the NBA, why don't you play some basketball? But I think the younger crowd actually just, no matter what Zion does, I think they'll follow it. And so this late, is it enough to stave off and do a little stiff arm action to the NFL? Wait. Maze, Christmas is on Sunday. Did you know that? Whoa, dude. When's the last time that happened? It's been a long time. It's been a while. It's been a while. We got a head-to-head. So not only do we have a matchup of Sixers-Knicks and Bucks-Celtics, but we got NBA versus NFL. And let me tell you, America loves their pigskin on Sundays. What's the NFL Christmas schedule? Here it is. Green Bay at Miami, 1 o'clock Eastern. So Green Bay at Miami, that's going up head-to-head against... What? Early games. So probably Knicks, Sixers. Oh, yeah. They weren't in that one. NFL wins that round. Denver at LA Rams. Oh, that's a good game. Afternoon game. So that's 4.30 p.m. Eastern. And then the night game, primetime, Tampa Bay at Arizona at 8.20 p.m. Eastern. Oh, wow. They brought the heat, man. <laughs> they brought the thunder. <laughs> they brought every single NBA team. They brought the magic with that one. I mean, they're playing jazz out there. I tell you what, those NFL schedule makers. No, they can correct because the irony is the one that was vulnerable is the early one, and the early one for us is probably going to be it might be Bucks Celtics. But you're going to have the Bucks going against Green Bay. No. Oh, for the early game. Oh, yeah. So the early game is Green Bay at Miami. You're not going to put the Bucks on. No, you're not going to do that. So you're probably going to do Sixers at Knicks to open. But what's interesting to me. Ben Golliver at the Washington Post put me onto this. Mm-hmm. I was reading his article. Notice at Miami, at LA, at Arizona. All the teams that are on the road. Yeah. The Suns are not playing at home. They're going right. and they're playing at Nuggets. And then the Rams, LA, the Clippers aren't even playing at all. The Lakers are not playing at home. They're going to Dallas. And then Miami's not playing at all. So the NBA is countering the NFL. And it almost is like, yep, 
you guys beat us. We're not even going to try to compete with that. And you know why they're not going to try to compete? Because last year, here were the ratings. The Browns-Packers game, 28.5 million people watched that game. The Nets-Lakers game, the prime time on ABC got 5.7 mil. So like one-sixth. The NFL is coming for the NBA's corner here. Yeah, I ain't no suit-wearing businessman like you. You know, I'm just a gangster, I suppose. And I want my corners. Are they, or is it just a coincidence? Hey, you know, it's your Christmas fall on a Sunday. Man, we're not coming for your corner. I think the real test is when Christmas lands like on a Saturday and they're still, you know, let's have Saturday games this year. Yeah, that would be coming for their corners by only having three games on Christmas Day and 11 on Christmas Saturday. They're still paying a little bit of respect to the NBA here even though the ratings will surely be disrespectful. I don't know. Do you guys want to touch this story? NBC News got an exclusive sit-down interview with the NBA social justice coordinator announcing that November 8th, there are going to be no games on election day. Buckle up for that Wednesday night where 15 games are going on. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to have a full slate the day before, and then they are going to have no games on election day to promote civic engagement I think it is going to be called Civic Engagement Night on the day before Election Day. Wow. They're going up against Monday Night Football. Once again. The game is Ravens at Saints. Can we drown out the NFL with an entire slate of NBA games? What do you think about that one, Maze? I guess it's a good thing that the NBA is trying to be politically and socially conscious here, but all I can think about is everyone on Twitter posting the Nancy Pelosi taking a knee in the Kente cloth memes. <laughs> what does that look like? You doing your own research? Are you doing studies yourself? Are you in the lab on a nightly basis? What are you doing? Do your own research. Do your own research. Do your own research. Do your own research. Doing your own research. I'm not a scientist. I'm not here to tell everyone that this is it. For me, it's just um, just giving everyone a chance to do their own research and find their own knowledge. You know that thing happens on this show where we point out something peculiar, something odd, something strange is happening somewhere in the NBA world or outside it in the NBA universe. And suddenly everyone starts seeing what you're seeing. Isn't that fun to me? I love it. It's my favorite part about doing this show. Sometimes it's legit like you just open everyone's third eye and now they see where they once were blind. But sometimes it's almost like more insidious than that. It's like we're influencing the discourse without them knowing. It is Adam Smith's invisible hand, right? He talked about the invisible hand in economics, right? Market forces or whatever. That's what we are. We're kind of like Adam Smith's invisible hand, Adam Silver's invisible hand. <laughs> How about that? We are Bronny James's left hand. Or is it his right? Skip Bayless chiming in. The whole world wants to know, where's Bronny James going now? Mm. He's going down the court real fast, dribbling with his left, and then dunking with his right. Everyone goes wild. It goes viral. SportsCenter tweets it out. It's got millions and millions of views. and. The question on everyone's mind is, where is he going? Wait, Tom, didn't we already talk about that on episode 25, Tamper Tantrum? On this show, we did some research and we found 
that Bronny James is the only one in the top 50 of the 247, 247 sports without an offer. Bronaldinho doesn't have any offers. And I didn't give you enough context. I felt bad. I didn't do enough research last week. So I thought this week I would do some more research. In a segment I like to call Tom did even more research, some more research. In a segment I like to call Tom did some more research. I love when he workshops it. It's great stuff. Smooth. Tom did quite an additional amount. No, you got it. Okay. Nailed it. All right. (laughs) That acronym is getting thorny. (laughs) Did you say Akron? Because what I want to know. Is why hasn't he even gotten one offer, Bronny James? Because when you look at the numbers, not just on 247sports.com, don't call it 24 7, the preeminent ranking system, Bronny James is at 43. Oh, he's moving up. What I wanted to know, guys, not just how many other players in that top 100 don't have any offers, what is the status quo? Like, what is the average? What is the number of offers that you can expect in that range? And what I found was something pretty startling. What is the average number of offers for each of the top 100? These are kids that are going into their senior year. Rising seniors, yep. I'm going to say seven. I was thinking a little higher. I was thinking in the teens. I'm going to go with 13. (laughs) The answer, 15. Mm. No. 15 offers on average. Okay, okay. That's the average. Who's the next lowest after Bronny? How many is the next lowest? It's three. The number 100 player, Justin Johnson, has three offers. Miles Colvin at number 94 has four offers. At number 85, there's four offers. But more often than not, you have over 15. Some have over 20. Like this dude, Xavier Booker, Michigan State, he's got 30 offers. And Bronny James has zero. That's crazy. Xavier Booker is the 59th ranked prospect in the class behind Bronny James, Bronaldinho. And he has 30 offers. I mean, what is going on here? Are we the only ones who are sitting here saying this is bizarre? We're no longer the only ones because this has been a topic now I've seen people talk about. Since we brought it up two episodes ago on this podcast, now it feels like it is a topic of conversation. The invisible hand strikes again. The invisible hand of basketball Illuminati. But no, here's the deal. I'm trying to figure out logically why that would be, Tom. Why wouldn't he have any offers? Because I said, typically, guys get offers a lot of times from bullshit schools very early on. Schools that like say, hey, Hail Mary, if we offer early enough, maybe he'll consider us. In the days before the one and done rule, Colleges would notoriously offer guys that they knew they were going to the NBA as a way of being a kind of like, look, what can I do? I recruit too well. All the players that I recruited ended up going pro and skipping college, right? So it has never been a disincentive for schools to offer. There's only two scenarios I could think why a school wouldn't offer. Number one, just not that good. Tom, you played high school basketball. How many offers did you get coming out? Uh, Zero. Zero. There you go. Same as Ronaldinho. Yeah, me and him are going through the same thing. Exactly. We've all been there. Habinho. That's one. The other is the infrastructure around the prospect is so taxing as compared to the actual talent of the prospect. It's not worth it. So in other words, 
if LeBron and Savannah and I guess Rich Paul would be involved in this decision as well. If they're just so goddamn annoying that you say, you know what, the kid's good. He's not good enough for me to deal with all of these demands and hoopla. Thanks, but no thanks. Are you saying that Bronny James is NS Freedom? Yes, in the sense that the talent is not worth the headache. I can get someone who's just as good without these headaches. And again, even you tell me UCSD is not going to offer, right? <laughs> You're telling me that like Northern Arizona is not going to offer. So there's a third option here, which is, I guess, the kid's not going to college. Mm. But even LeBron wasn't going to college. He got an offer from Akron, I believe, in Ohio State. Yeah. He said that he would go to Ohio State if he didn't go straight to the league, which is a nice consolation. But Akron offered because I think his teammate on his AU team, his dad ended up being like the head coach at Akron or whatever. Or one of the guys on his, Romeo Travis went to Akron. Obviously, they're from Akron, but like there was another connection there that made it like, oh, well, you know, if he changes his mind, we're here. But again, the most surefire guy's not going to college situation got offers. You're telling me that his son, who is barely top 50? So there's lots of rumors swirling about why that is. Paul Biancardi, who's ESPN's recruiting top analyst, he wrote an article at ESPN last week outlining that Ronnie James is playing really well and he's drawing a lot of interest, strong interest from the following schools. Maze, Amin, you ready for this? Let's go. UCLA. Okay, makes sense. He's from LA. USC. Also makes sense. Local. Michigan. Juwan Howard. There's a connection there between coach and father. The aforementioned Ohio State, yes. Like father, like son. Yes, and LeBron goes to football games and they wear, I believe, LeBron James Nikes. And then the last one, Oregon. Nike. There's a strong argument for each one of these, other than UCLA, which I do not believe is a Nike school. Other than UCLA, which I do not believe is a Nike school. It is a Nike school. Okay. They have a Jordan emblem, I should say. Ah, uh, got it. Okay. Michigan's Jordan and UCLA is Jordan. And then USC, Ohio State, and Oregon are all Nike. Speaking of Jordan, do you guys remember Michael Jordan's son, Marcus? He played basketball, right? He did. I mean, how many offers do you think Marcus Jordan got? Wait, was Marcus the older one or the younger one? Class of 2009, wore glasses. He ended up at UCF. Okay, so that one, I believe he had like three offers. He had five. Five offers. Stanford, Miami, Iowa, Butler, and ended up at UCF. Now, this is interesting. UCF, which was an Adidas school at the time. Marcus said, but I want to wear my dad's shoes. And so then Jordan Brand came in and said, Hey, tear up your Adidas contract. No. We're giving you a new contract. No. Yes. They switched the entire school apparel deal. Welcome to the family, UCF. <laughs> yep. You're in the circle now. Which is next level. And he got offers. And by all accounts, Bronny's a better prospect than Michael's kids. You would have to think. It's bizarre. I'm going to create a chart here and send it to you guys. And you know what? I'll tweet this out when the episode drops. Just how mind-boggling it is that Bronny James... Stark, it's Stark. Bron Stark, Bran Stark. <laughs> Bron Stark. <laughs> that hurt Maze <laughs> the soul right there. No, that was good. I thought it was pretty good. He'll sit on the throne one day. Spoiler alert. Bron Stark 
how different he is from everybody else around him. Average of 15 offers for a top 100 recruit and Bronny James has zero. What's going on there? Is he going to the G League Ignite already? Just like Scoot Henderson is senior year of high school and for his next year. We'll see. Mm -hmm. But I did some research, guys, and I thought that was mind-blowing is that there are 15 offers for a player of Bronny James's caliber in this year's class. So just a little bit more context, a little bit more research. Tom did a little bit more research. In context. Acronym. My whole basketball existence is dictated by how good your basketball team is. So Dan, as much as I love you, I might not ever see you again because y'all are mediocre. Charles, they were in the <laughs> finals six months ago. Yeah, listen, that bubble basketball it was a bunch of uh, bubble gangsters. <laughs> that don't count. So the LeBron bubble did, gangsters don't count. So LeBron didn't win a title. You know, I'm never going to say a thing about LeBron. <laughs> He's a great player and a great dude. But listen, I'm not counting the bubbles. Let's stop it. Bubble gangsters. I love that term. Udonis Haslam called Paul Pierce and the Celtics studio gangsters. Shout out to Easy e yep. Bubble gangsters. The idea that... Those who excelled in the bubble are frauds. Anthony Davis, who went on this shooting run where he shot 38% from downtown and hit all those game winners, and the Lakers win the championship. I remember that duel between Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. Isn't this the anniversary of that duel? That's right. Wednesday, August 17th marks the two-year anniversary of the Donovan Mitchell 57-point outburst against the Denver Nuggets in which he dropped, a few days later, another 50-piece. And then Jamal Murray, he averaged 32 in that series. He had two other 50-point scoring games. It was an onslaught of scoring. The greatest August basketball anyone's ever seen. Ever. And Charles Barkley might have a point. Bubble gangsters. When Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray are dropping 50 a game, there's got to be something going on. You know what's funny? I never think of those performances as bubble gangsters, but Anthony Davis for me is ultimate bubble gangster. Followed very closely by Duncan Robinson, super bubble gangster. Oh, Duncan Robinson. Yeah. He had an amazing run right up until the finals, and then he had a tough time in the finals. Right up until he had a friend visit in the bubble, and it was like, yo, LeBron knows who you are. Fucking nerd. That's six. Jesus. Why'd you just take a shot at Duncan Robinson like that? I took a shot at Duncan Robinson's nerd friend. Yeah. Not his friend. Not Duncan Robinson. I mean, wouldn't dare do that. No. For those who are listening, you might say, yeah, the bubble gangster effect is real. All those stats, the Jimmy Butler, Miami Heat run to the finals, frauds. So I actually looked into this, guys. And I thought, with the benefit of hindsight, we can actually look at whether the bubble artificially inflated statistics and whether we should discount the Lakers championship and the Miami Heat finals run. And what I found was actually pretty surprising. Mm -hmm. The 2020 NBA bubble, there was no inflation. What? How could this be? 2020 playoff field goal percentage, 45.7. In 2021 playoffs, outside of the bubble, the field goal percentage in the playoffs was 46.2, slightly higher field goal percentage. The true shooting percentage in 2020 was 57.1. In the next year, just about the same. 
Effective field goal percentage, exactly the same, 53.4 in 2020, and in 2021, 53.4. So there actually is no bump, I mean. What about three-point percentage and three-point attempts? Three-point percentage in 2020 playoffs, 36%. In 2021, 36.4. Basically, nothing really changed in the bubble. Is it a case where we're glomming on to the high-profile outliers, which in turn throws a smokescreen over the fact that overall, nothing really changed? It was just, there's a couple of people who we don't expect to shoot like that who shot like that. Is that what's happening here, Tom? Yeah, I think there's a couple things happening here. I mean, the anchoring effect, the anchoring bias, which I think is a more fancy way of saying First impressions are important, right? First impressions make everything. That's what my mom always told me. Make a good first impression. Because that Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray series was in the first round. And I think that anchored everything after that. All of our perception about whether the bubble, this new environment with no fans and different sight lines, all these things we started to try to explain how the heck is it that Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray are out there looking like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird? How is that? The sheep out there want you to believe that Anthony Davis shooting 38% and hitting those game winners is an outlier and an example of how everyone else is shooting. But in fact, we don't remember that Kawhi Leonard had his worst three-point shooting percentage of his career, 32% from downtown. He's normally a 41% three-point shooter, and he was all the way down to 32%. We don't think about that. Mm. We don't think about the fact that the shooting percentages of Paul George, Chris Middleton, and Pascal Siakam in the bubble were all in the 30s. They shot less than 40% from the floor in the postseason, in the bubble. We don't remember that. Because they lost. Yes. Losers. There's a survivor bias. Maybe that's the right term. I don't know. Survivor. But we have to explain the outlier event of Anthony Davis winning a title, blaming it on the circumstances. We can't compute. It doesn't make sense in our brain that Anthony Davis and LeBron James could link up for one year and then make a run. So we have to make up excuses. We can't say Jimmy Butler earned that finals appearance. So we've got to come up with a reason to call them frauds, like Charles Barkley insinuated. But I would posit this happens with every champion. Someone gets hot on their team, right? I mean, yeah. Fred Van Vliet, 2019. That wasn't in the bubble. We don't need to say that's a fraudulent run, Mm -hmm. but because this was happening in an unusual circumstance, we're going to point to the bubble. So like this year, Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton II shot like 50% from downtown. Mm -hmm. It happens. You need these role players to, I'm not saying Anthony Davis is a role player and Fred Van Vliet is a role player, (laughs) but you need everyone to be rolling to win a championship. So instead of looking back and saying they're frauds, they're bubble gangsters, We should just be saying they won the title. They stepped up. They deserved it. They're the ones that stepped up. There's this idea out there, this concept that what happened in the bubble isn't real. You might have been, I don't know, blind to what was really going on, I mean. But now I see.
so excited, guys. We've got a packed show today. We've got so many segments. I can't wait to do this Code Breakers on Kyrie's tweet. It's going to be so awesome. What? We have time for this? What do you mean? Show's over, man. Was that the credits that just rolled? Yeah. Yes. Is this the part where Nick Fury comes in to explain Kyrie's tweet? Believe it or not, he does come up in this tweet here. Let me just read it real quick, and okay. we'll just call this uh, Cold Breakers. Now it's time for any secret message for you members of the Secret Circle. Remember, kids, only members of any Secret Circle can decode any secret message. You can break the code. Maybe I take a shot at it, maybe I break it. I'm real happy with myself because I did my job well. There's only one hacker in the world who can break this code. Super string theory, chaos math, advanced algorithms. Code breaking. Strange, the code is somehow different. It's like solving a Rubik's Cube that's fighting back. Whoop-dee-doo! What does it all mean, Basil? When people talk to each other, they never say what they mean, they say something else. And they're expected to just know what they mean. Break the code. You are. Quite simply, the best natural code breaker I've ever seen. Kyrie Irving, last Friday, 9.14 a.m. Pacific, when you're ready to capital B break free from the media's control over your subconscious thoughts and emotions. That really sounds like a promo for Illuminati. Meet me on one capitalized O of my platforms and let's chop it up. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. We the all even, A11 even, (laughs) 11 tribe love our conversations about the all caps truth and what is truly happening. Welcome to the all caps paradigm shift infinity symbol <laughs> yeah honestly whenever he tweets it makes me feel bad about our podcast because we're just not good enough we're not no we're not good enough at this shit this language when you're ready to break free from the media's control over your subconscious thoughts and emotions you don't even know when you break from the shackles that you're being controlled less world the maze Mays, what do you think about the capitalizations here? So I'm looking at this. He's got capital B, capital O on one, B-O. So is it body order? Truth paradigm shift. Paradigm shift is also capitalized. B-O-T, bot. Bot. I'm saying we're all bots. Bots, yes. Bots being controlled. I definitely Googled paradigm shift thinking that he had a new truth social media platform called Paradigm Shift that I could join. Unfortunately, this infinity symbol is not a link. It sounds like a promotion for a thing that doesn't exist. Maybe you need the invite. Maybe it's one of those beta testing platforms where you need to know someone who's already on the inside. In other words, you need to know the A11, even all 11 tribe. If you're not in it, you don't even know that you're not. Open your third eye. Is it possible that he's on Truth Social as A11 even? I wouldn't know, Tom. (laughs) This does read a lot like a certain former president. Until you get to the all even, you don't know that you're not reading a Trump statement. Wait, A11? What date was it when he tweeted this? Whoa, August 11th. Oh, I think we just broke the unbreakable code. 
Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.